Staver, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends when you go out this weekend. Welcome back to another episode of Ohio Politics Explained, the lame duck wrap-up edition. This week, we're explaining what went down in the final days of the Ohio legislative session, what passed, what failed, and which lawmakers were shouting in a stairwell at 2 a.m. Joining me today is reporter Jesse Balmer. Welcome to the show, Jesse. Thanks for having me. And uh, how much sleep did you get, Anna? Uh, a whopping three and a half glorious hours. Sounds like lame duck. <laughs> yeah, so our first topic is about two bills that became one bill and then slowly collapsed like a flan in the cupboard. So what happened was the Senate wanted to make big changes to who gets to oversee public education. Right now, the partially elected State Board of Education has that power, and Senate President Matt Huffman wanted to give it to the governor. But... Republicans and Democrats in the House weren't so sure. They thought the process was moving too fast, they worried about giving all that power to the executive branch, and there were some other ideological differences. Some folks who support homeschooling parents weren't so sure they'd be protected under the new system. So the Senate tried to sweeten the deal. They put this law in another bill that the House really wanted to pass. It was the one about banding transgender girls from female sports. And they added another part, protecting children who don't get the COVID-19 vaccine. But it wasn't enough, and the House didn't pass it at like 3 a.m. this morning. This seems almost like the ultimate Christmas tree bill. You're putting, <laughs> actually, I saw a picture that you shared about a very large stack of papers from yes. the Ohio Department of Education and school board overhaul that was being placed into this bill uh, regarding transgender athletes. Which was originally a bill about teacher mentorships. That's how it goes this time of year, I think. <laughs> it had a little bit of everything for everyone, but it wasn't enough, And ultimately. I, I think it comes back next year. Uh, it sounds like the House wanted a little more oversight over education themselves, and they want a little more time to kind of work through the details. So maybe early spring? I don't know. Yeah, and I think as our listeners might, may or may not know, um, the Ohio legislature works in two-year sessions, and so at the end of December, all of these bills kind of die, are wiped clean, and we'll start again in January with a 135th General Assembly, and we'll see what happens in that. And we'll have two more years before we do the all-nighter again, which is very important to my mental and physical health. Yeah, you're not uh, forgetting about the budget, but uh, we'll just okay, forget about that that's part fair. for now. Our second topic is about a bill that passed last night, and it'll make sweeping changes to how Ohio runs elections. The bill shortens the window in which absentee ballots can arrive after an election, limits drop boxes to one per county, eliminates in-person voting on the Monday before Election Day, and puts an end to using your utility bills as a form of voter ID. Yeah, and our colleague Haley B. Miller has been following this really carefully, and I'd recommend her reporting on that and what this is going to mean for you. She has super helpful, like, bullet points, like, of everything that it does. Yeah, this bill has changed a lot, but I think the focus has really been on the voter identification and uh, needing some sort of photo ID. Uh, because of the changes, it no longer need as, needs to match your current address, which was kind of an earlier version of this. Um, you could also use a passport or a couple other forms of identification, including a military ID. And it's going to be free to get a state ID if you need one. So 
they're going to make that one option, not necessarily the driver's license, just like the basic state ID would be free. Yeah, so that's true. It also still means that Ohio is going to have one of the most restrictive voter ID laws in the country if this is something that Governor Mike DeWine signs. And we asked him about it, and he didn't give a clear answer. He uh, said that there have been improvements on this bill from earlier versions, uh, and also said that the last couple Secretary of States have said that voting in Ohio is easy and it's hard to cheat. And so you can get out your crystal ball about what that means. But one thing that wasn't in this bill was a proposal to make it harder to amend Ohio's constitution. There was this idea floating around that we should ask voters if we want to raise the threshold to passing constitutional amendments to 60% of the voting population. So you'd have to get 60% in any election to amend the constitution. And that also fell apart. Yeah, correct. So this measure would have made it harder to amend the state constitution, assuming voters approved it in May. It's still possible that this comes back early next year. Uh, It's not too late to make the May ballot. They have until February, right? I believe so. But it's going to be a a time crunch. And as we mentioned, the state budget takes up a lot of oxygen in the first half of 2023. It's worth noting that this is coming as abortion access proponents are looking at either 2023 or 2024 for an amendment to you know, perhaps codify row, they haven't finalized the language. And then also individuals who are frustrated with the redistricting process are looking at possibly an independent commission. Uh, One of the representatives who was pushing for this particular 60% sent out a memo to fellow members where he said the quiet part out loud saying that, you know, they need to protect Ohio and the abortion restrictions that Republican lawmakers have passed in recent years. And uh, that this is something the 60% threshold was important to get done immediately. Yeah, and on the conservative side, there was some pushback from like medical freedom groups who also want to do a constitutional amendment and saw 60% as a possibly too high of a hurdle for them to clear. Yeah, so those who support this particular measure say it's important to stop things like the casinos having individual parcels in the state constitution. But I think individuals are looking at alternatives to this. Like, do you make the initiated statute process easier? Do you shoot for a lower threshold, maybe 55% instead of 60%? This is a conversation that I believe Ohio lawmakers will continue to have next year. We'll see what ultimately happens, but it did not get done in the final weeks of 2022. Our third topic is about smoking, but it's also about something called home rule. So Columbus recently passed an ordinance to ban the sale of flavored tobacco. They say flavors of e-cigarettes like gummy bears and fruit punch are designed to be appealing to children and that vaping has undone decades of public health work to get kids off nicotine. Well, state lawmakers said no way last night and passed what's called a statewide preemption on the sale of tobacco products. Basically, that means cities and counties can't ban these products and only the state could do something like that. Republicans say it's about consistency and not picking winners and losers in private sector. But Democrats say it's bad for our kids and it might violate home rule, which is part of our state constitution that gives local governments permission to kind of do their own thing to a certain extent. Yeah, this is one of many instances where the predominantly Republican state legislature is kind of facing off with the predominantly Democratic city and Columbus passed this measure on Monday and then by Wednesday and early Thursday the state legislature is trying to block it 
It's worth noting that uh, Governor Mike DeWine has weighed in on this. He hasn't exactly said what he will do, but hinted at a possible veto. He encouraged people to look at what he did in the U.S. Senate on issues like tobacco and has been pretty consistently against these types of measures. He you know, prioritizes children's issues in a lot of what he does and is concerned about flavored tobacco and how that could affect kids. Yeah, this might actually be the only veto that comes out of lame duck, so we'll definitely be watching that in the weeks to come. Our fourth topic is abortion. When the U.S. Supreme Court overturned federal protections for abortion, everyone kind of thought Republicans would move quickly to ban the procedure basically from the moment of conception. But that didn't happen. Jessie's been covering this issue for us over the last year, so I'm going to let her explain how it all fell apart. Given just the numbers that Republicans have in the state legislature and their prioritization of restricting abortion, I think everyone thought it was likely that they would push towards a near total ban or a total ban, uh, perhaps banning abortion from the point of conception. And that's something that a number of Republican lawmakers said that they wanted, that they stood out on the state house lawn and promised to people who had gathered for a prayer walk to say, you know, we're going to push for this and immediately. But ultimately, it was challenging to come up with language. Um, Senate President Matt Huffman wanted to clarify a 2019 law that's on the books that uh, bans doctors from performing abortions after cardiac activity is detected. That's currently on hold because of court order, but it's working its way through the system and ultimately will probably get to the Ohio Supreme Court, which has, uh, you know, kind of more Republicans on it or no longer has Chief Justice uh, Maureen O'Connor on it after the end of this year. And so there are a lot of things kind of floating out there. The other factor is um, those who support abortion access are pushing for a constitutional amendment to enshrine some of those protections in the state constitution. And if you are going to push a, you know, really far concept in the state legislature, does that give more gas to those who would work on a constitutional amendment? We shall see. I don't think the Ohio (laughs) legislature is going to give up on the abortion issue, um, but what that will ultimately look like, we'll find out in the coming days. Yeah, what the Senate president said was basically boiled down to there were too many cooks in the kitchen, so too many differing opinions on what to do, how to do it, whether to be more pragmatic in light of a ballot amendment like Jesse was talking about, or whether to go for personhood, or anywhere in between. There was there was a lot of differing opinions, and I guess it was just like there was no way it seems like to reach a consensus, even if they all sort of fundamentally agree that abortion access should be severely restricted. And I think language is going to matter. Language is going to matter for Republicans who are working to restrict this. Language is going to matter for the groups that are trying to put this on the ballot and get as much support as possible. And so we'll see. Um, I think most voters are kind of on a spectrum on abortion. Some people feel like it should be available up into a certain point. People have opinions about exceptions, in particular for cases of rape and incest. Or um, minor children. Or minor children, or for, you know, the life and health of, uh, of the mother. So whether mental health fits under life and health of the mother. Yeah, there's a, like, <laughs> we're just like, yeah, I'm like, there's a lot to consider on this. Indeed. And one more thing before you go. If you're still holding a cell phone up to your ear while you drive, stop. 
Ohio's about to make that a primary offense, which means police won't need any other reason to pull you over. This change came as part of a massive criminal justice reform bill that also passed late last night, or actually maybe early this morning. I, I don't know. I can't remember anymore, to be honest with you. I mean, when they have an 18-hour session, it's kind of like, when did they do which bill? But anyways, it would also make it easier to steal or expunge certain criminal records, shorten a prison sentence for things like education or drug treatment programs, and increase penalties that perpetrators of domestic violence can face. It was another big, big bill. Yeah, this was a massive change, and I think you're going to see a lot of um, important fixes for the criminal justice system or just ways for people to either seal or expunge their records sooner, um, you know to possibly get jobs or housing, et cetera. But distracted driving is going to be a major part of this. And there are a few exceptions. um, And that was a Governor DeWine thing, right? Like, it was something he wanted. Yeah, this was a huge priority for Mike DeWine. He feels like this is going to save lives. Um, There are a number, and I don't have the specific number, (laughs) of people who die every year because of distracted driving. And cell phones are a huge factor in that. Ohio Politics Explained is brought to you by the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. You can find us on Twitter at Ohio Explained. And if you want to learn more about any of the topics we covered, check us out online at any of the newspapers in our network, like IndieOnline.com. That's I-N-D-E-Online.com.